doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you on, sir. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no problem. John, I heard rumor a while back about a series of videos that were put out by the DNR about Sasquatch. And at first, I thought it was, to be honest, horseshit. Because I've had a couple of conversations with gentlemen here in my area from the DNR. And once you get past the, uh, the look of disdain and how could you have asked me that question, uh, it's followed up with uh, ridicule and uh, complete, complete, complete abandonment of the subject, <laughs> I guess is how you put it. Um, and then I heard about it again. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do my due diligence and and see if I can find it. And lo and behold, I come across it on YouTube. And so I watched a couple of them and I honestly, I, I kept waiting for the, the indication or the hook that would be like, oh, okay, this isn't really from the DNR. (laughs) You know, this is, this is just somebody goofing and it's not. And you put 
put out a series of uh, webinars on the topic of Sasquatch. How did that come about? Yeah, so, uh, well, first off, just a little background. I'm I'm the naturalist at Salt Fork State Park, so... uh, and that does not mean I run around naked. Uh, that's usually the first first question that I get. Um, uh, as a naturalist, uh, we handle a lot of the public ed- education. Uh, what I like to say is uh, a big part of my job is communication. It's taking abstract ecological concepts, uh, things about nature, and breaking them down into digestible pieces for the general public. So your general park visitor. And um, that's kind of my job. And I don't know if you know this, but last year was kind of a messed up year. Um, so I did no public programming. I, w- I wasn't doing nature hikes. We were really limiting our uh, visitor interactions, uh, face-to-face visitor interactions um, during 2020. So in order to maintain as much customer service as possible and maintain uh, that, you know, education. I mean, we've got a long legacy of education in Ohio State Parks. I mean, that was one of the first when Ohio state parks was established, that was one of the first things that they did was hire someone to handle education in Ohio state parks. Um, so we have a long legacy that we didn't want to let go because, of uh, you know, because of the pandemic. So of course, sure. thankfully because of technology, uh, we switched to doing virtual programming, um, which was a steep learning curve for a lot of us. Um, you know, we go, I think it was for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, again, that's the understatement of, you know, <laughs> of the year. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, generally speaking, um, I, I, you know, I uh, deal with a variety of park visitors from all demographics. You know, that's the beautiful thing here in Ohio. Our state parks, they're free. You can come and go, you know, uh, there's no such thing as like a season pass or anything like that. So my park visitors, you know, come from any manner of background. Um, and w- with that, you kind of have to read a room. Um, and I went from doing programs where I would kind of gauge where the program would head based on who my audience was to speaking to a camera on my laptop, you know, and having no clue what demographic I was, you know, talking to, especially with sure. the live ones. This, what maybe people don't know is that the, the webinars on YouTube, or they're on YouTube now, but they were they were like a Facebook live event when we did them. Um, or, you know, they were, a, they were a live streaming event when we did them. Uh, so it was really like, man, I don't, you know, no chance to edit it or take back anything. Um, sure. you know, uh, it was, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I had no idea where, where it was going. And of course, like any minor thing, I know at one point, the very first one we did in October, 2020, uh, I had, I was talking, you know, a mile a minute. I was really getting into a groove and, uh, you know, I'm human. And had mixed up uh, Patterson and Gimlin instead of Bob Gimlin. I had said I had said Patterson. I'd switched the you know, and oh, I and yeah. uh, man, the, of all the things that they tore me apart for that, you know. And it was just it was just a mistake. <laughs> I was, um, so it came about. Uh, I had I had been doing these little uh, these little creature features, these little three minute, you know. Here's this snapping turtle I found, and here's the snake that I found, you know, uh, as part mm-hmm. of as part of our virtual programming. And, uh, we, <laughs> this is, this is a, a kind of a lengthy story about how they came about, but, uh, I, I got a little, a little disgruntled. We were asked to do a PSA about social distancing 
um, we were asked, you know, go do a PSA about social distancing, you know, and I thought, well, okay, that's, that's fine and all. But at that point during the pandemic, everyone had known about social distancing. And I thought it was a bit, a bit of a moot point for us to be doing one, you know, and, uh, and I really didn't want it to be boring. I didn't want to just be standing there with, you know, to keep a turkey vultures distance apart from, you know, or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I said, I said, you know what? I'm at Salt Fork. I'm going to go, we're, you're going to get Bigfoot for PSA, you know? Um, so I had two, two Bigfoots, you know, um, next to a stream and one sneezed and they did a whole, I did a whole social distancing narrative, you know, like in real time, I'm witnessing these two, you know, these two, uh, two Bigfoots, interacting in a pandemic appropriate way, you know, and of course it was meant to be funny, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and not boring. I mean, everyone, you know, everyone had gotten their fill of listening to, you know, everyone about, uh, about social distancing. So, uh, I posted that and shared it onto our Facebook and, uh, man, it was like an hour. It got like 17,000 views or something. Um, yeah, it went, it went real crazy, you know? Um, and I, I, I got like a good attaboy for it. Like you did good. You kept it light brevity, you know, it was all good, but you know, like it sort of put the seed in, in our program manager's head, you know, uh, kind of planted the seed there. Like, Hey, you know, this is, he can do this Bigfoot stuff. Right. And we do, we've, it's not a new thing at Salt Fork. I mean, of course the virtual aspect of it was new, but Every year for years, we've hosted Bigfoot hikes um, where uh, where I'll we'll bring in researchers. I'll bring in a researcher and uh, they, you know, they do they do their talk, their portion of it. And the public gets to go out and kind of experience what it's like to go on a Bigfoot hunt, so to speak, you know, a Bigfoot expedition or a Bigfoot, you know, an outing. Um, they get, you know, the, some, some researchers are really gadget heavy. They'll bring out all their, you know, infrared equipment and, you know, microphones and everything. And some of them are more of, you know, the old school researchers that go out and they, 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 you know, knock on trees and things. And, uh, it's by far our most successful hike at Salt Fork, you know, uh, very localized, you know, um, it was always just a Salt Fork thing. And, uh, well, anybody who knows anything about, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, hot spots throughout the the U.S. Right, uh, they're going to know. They're going to know Saltwork. Yeah, is, is is without a doubt one of the the heavier areas. Yeah, and the thing that the thing that kind of um, that kind of took me back is, you know, even though it, it's widely recognized as as that to um, the rest of the U.S. Uh, as far as researchers and and enthusiasts, um, I was not aware that. Uh, the the DNR community itself embraced, right? Yeah, the topic. The topic, right? Know? I mean, I, I imagine in, I imagine the local local culture probably embraces it quite heavily. Yeah, and, and we do. I mean, even a good deal of tourism. Yeah, and even our, uh, our our like Main Street Association, our downtown association in uh, in Cambridge, their their logo, I think last year it was either this year or last year was was you know was a bigfoot uh so it does it, it's been embraced and i mean i don't know probably six or eight years ago they renamed the primitive campground bigfoot ridge at salt fork mm-hmm. um 
so, you know, it, it has been embraced. I mean, you can go to the camp store and buy a Bigfoot plushie, you know. Um, <laughs> so the, we've done these Bigfoot hikes. And, of course, now going on to like a virtual platform in 2020, uh, I, it was it would have been kind of hard to do a full-blown Bigfoot hike. And I hadn't really been asked to do one. Like I said, I'd been doing these little creature features, these little, you know, here's a naturalist minute, and I'd talk about a box turtle. Um, well, then uh, ha- the Halloween season rolled around, and we were kind of doing uh, Halloween. It gives us a chance to kind of flex some muscles we don't use all year long, you know. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of us do these unhaunted hikes, you know, uh, not scary hikes, you know, hi- hikes yeah. about bats and things, you know, things that go bump in the night that aren't scary, you know. Um, coyotes and bats and things like that. And, uh, and you know, we had a, uh, there was someone was going to do a, uh, a topic. I know they did Punderson state park. They did like a ghost, uh, the ghosts of Punderson state park. You know, Punderson has a, has a manor, uh, that's allegedly haunted. It's an old estate. The state park itself is an old estate and the lodge is part of an old manor. Um, and the, uh, I, I, they they did that and it was it was you know moderately successful, and um, someone else was unable to do a uh, uh, one of the webinars, so they they called me up and said hey well, you know would you be interested in doing a uh, you know a, a Bigfoot a Sasquatch thing and I said yeah sure I'll put I'll put one together, um, so I sat down with a, a reef researcher that um, helps with the Bigfoot hikes and facilitates a lot of that stuff. Uh, his name's Dave Wickham. He, uh, he and I put together, you know, the first slideshow, uh, which I I was pretty proud of. It was all right. Um, they got better, you know, they got better as they go along. Like I, like I Mm -hmm. said, I think when we, when you, uh, contacted me first at one point that spring, I felt like if I, if I turned out the lights, the Patterson Gimlin film would project out of my eyes and onto the wall. Cause it was, I was like, <laughs> you know, um, but the, uh, the first one that we did, uh, I thought was, it was pretty successful. And, uh, and I, well, I was proud of it and we did it and it got a huge response right out of the gate. And then when it was put onto the ODNR's YouTube channel, uh, it quickly, very, very quickly became the most viewed video on the YouTube, on the ODNR's YouTube channel. Um, I would imagine. And that led to uh, March 2021 uh, doing a four-part series. And I tried to be really telescopic with it. If, if you watch the videos, um, and again, pardon any errors that I had. I, these were live webinars. I was, you know, sometimes, and I also had other other things. You know, it's, uh, as much as I'd love it, my my you know, my whole job isn't Bigfoot. Uh, so I had other things, you know, but if, if there is, don't bust me too hard if there's, you know, <laughs> mistakes and things, but I tried to be telescopic with it. My approach was, you know, here's this global phenomenon where I went through, you know, some of the big, the big, big cultural, you know, uh, the folklore behind Bigfoot. So things like, um, the Orang Pendic and, you know, I went, I went kind of per continent, you know, here's the, sure, here's yeah. the local, you know, the local Bigfoot, the Yowie and things in Australia, you know, stuff like that. Tried to, and then, uh, I brought it down to, um, you know, I wanted to highlight, I did a webinar highlighting the researchers, kind of the famous, the famous early researchers, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, Byrne and DeHendon and, and those guys. 
Um, and you know, the newer researchers, you know, we went through like finding Bigfoot and all of that. Um, and finding Bigfoot had came to Salt Fork at one point, which I'm sure all your listeners are aware of. Um, and, uh, so I, I kind of went through all that and then I brought it, I wanted to bring it down to Salt Fork. You know, I kind of, like I said, I wanted a telescopic approach. I wanted to go kind of start global and bring it down to Salt Fork. Man, it was, those were all really successful and really fun to do. Um, and that's kind of how it came about was, you know, the, uh, the virtual, the virtual platform kind of limited what I was able to do as far as nature hikes or anything like that. And, uh, it just seemed like the right time to do, uh, you know, take a, a good serious approach to the Bigfoot thing, because a lot of times the hikes, uh, we can't make them incredibly serious because that turns people off. You know, that turns your general camper off, you know, if they're incredibly serious, um, and the right. hikes aren't goofy. I mean, we, we really do try to try to toe the line between like making it campy and making it educational and actually creating the dialogue about this subject. And, uh, and we have a good relationship with the Bigfoot researchers at the park. I mean, they clean up after themselves, you know, which is more than I can say about as, as everyone, right, should. right. As everyone should, but you know, they're, they're low maintenance. They're happy. You know, they're, they're happy campers. Usually, uh, we have very little issues, uh, we have a good relationship with them and we, we always have, that's been something since, you know, the nineties that they've been cultivating with park staff is a good relationship. Um, and the, uh, I mean the, anywhere else. And a lot of the Bigfoot researchers mention that is like, man, you know, we, we go to other parks and we get told like, Hey, you know, park closes 11, like you yeah. gotta get off the trails. What do you do? What is this Bigfoot nonsense? You know? Well, here we're pretty used to it, you know. So if an officer stops, and you know, what do you, hey, what are you up to? You know, making sure they're not poaching deer or something. You know, hey, what are you up to? Oh, you're you're sass, you're squatching. Well, okay, you know, carry on, like you know, <laughs> um, and uh, and you know, it's it's good, it's good for the park, it's good for uh, it's good for the Bigfoot researchers, and uh, good for the public. The Bigfoot hikes. What I always tell people is, you know, we've got in June, we did our first Bigfoot hike of 2021 in June this year, and I had 350 people show up to it. Uh, that that wow. is not a manageable group for any hike, you know. For for that's yeah. that's and the chances of seeing a uh, uh, you know a chipmunk with 350 people <laughs> is is pretty slim. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so can you walk us through what one of those uh, one of those hikes is uh, is like from from your standpoint? Oh, yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Are you are you pointing out uh, you know specific instances of reported sightings were here and this was here? So yeah, we uh, we do it on a trail that has a pretty notable sighting with one of our like a, it's in association with one of kind of one of the the quintessential Ohio footprints um, came from came from uh, this particular site and I actually have a replica of the footprint uh, at the Nature Center. Um, it's kind of a half cast. It's sort of the front part of a, you know, foot, which uh, admittedly looks really convincing. You know, um, that's what I always tell people when they ask me, you know, is this footprint real? Uh, I say, well, real is kind of subjective with a subject like this. You know, um, yeah. we know we we're pretty darn sure it's not faked. You know, all of the researchers are pretty sure somebody didn't put big goofy wooden feet on and do that. You know what I mean? Um, so ultimately you have to assume that, right. Yeah. That's it. That's kind of what I tell people. I mean, and I try to be as diplomatic as possible while towing a line, you know, that I have to maintain, you know, and I usually, um, 
I usually avoid. I think we mentioned before we started recording, you know, I, I tend to avoid the supernatural stuff because it's a lot of speculation. Uh, but that's just me. I have a biology background, you know. Um, I'm comfortable with critters, you know, <laughs> and like, right. um, but so the hikes in general, they're, they're publicized, um, as a Bigfoot hike, you know, I don't, I don't like trick people into coming to a Bigfoot hike, you know, and, uh, and we generally, the researchers will bring things like footprints and audio recordings and pictures and, uh, books and things like that. And we'll set up in one of our pavilions and the public shows up, we do, uh, about a half an hour um, kind of rundown on Bigfoot and the area and introductions to all the researchers and how this hike's going to work. And we try to split the hikes up into two groups. We do uh, we do sort of a family hike and then an after dark hike. We used to call it the adult hike, but people would show up expecting like a, a wine garden or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, and uh, yeah. so we call it the after dark Big, hike. Bigfoot and Bruce. Right, yeah, Bigfoot. <laughs> and that's, you know, people would kind of show up thinking like, or they would show up having already, you know, been in the lounge at the lodge all evening. Sure. You know what I mean? So we, we kind of say, like, here's a family hike before dark so that your kids don't get freaked out out in the dark in the woods. Um, which, you know, I've talked about eliminating before because kids don't get freaked out on my owl prowls. Uh, I don't know why they'd get freaked out on the Bigfoot hike, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, we, we kind of split it up into two groups. So we have a family one. And, and to be completely honest, uh, I prefer the family one. There's a... Uh, the adult one um, is is great, uh, but we'll usually have four really serious people who are really into it, and then of uh, the rest of them are curious, and then we'll have four people whose just favorite phrase in the world is "Well, actually, you know," um, and they really want to be the <laughs> the proverbial turd in the punch bowl about the whole situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, experts. Yeah, right. No, not even experts. Like uh, overly, you know, skeptical to the point of cynicism <laughs> is a good good oh, way to look man. at it. You know, and they showed up just to kind of pee on everybody. Just a troll. Yeah, yep. Yeah, just, just, troll just uh, yep. Just to pee on everybody's parade. You know. Um, so anyway, we uh, we do the uh, the little introduction and a nice little talk about uh, about. The local folklore, where it all comes from, the earliest reports in Ohio, uh, you know, all, all of the evidence that was collected in the park. Where the researchers talk about notable stories in the area, um, and then we uh, we hit the trail and we kind of take them through not only uh, you know not only sightings but also well here here's what everyone thinks about vocalizations and you know you here do you want to try try a tree knock, you can do a tree knock, you know, they'll, they'll, we'll let, mm-hmm. let people do that. Oh, you want to, this is called a whoop, you know, that we try these whoops and, uh, it's, it's really valuable. I think, uh, and it's just my opinion. I, I have talked to people who think that us doing the Bigfoot hikes are not a good thing because it's, it's somehow, um, you know, negating any serious research. And I, I kind of think the opposite, you know, I, I don't think by doing a, fishing program i'm you know and teaching a kid who's never ever fished before how to fish i'm negating any sort of marine you know research <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean no. um i would think if anything it was right. it would be fostering a, and, uh, a a positive outlook on the subject and and possibly you know pushing somebody into an interest it in, is and in looking to, into it further. yeah it, it it is multifaceted and i've explained this i i catch honestly i catch more more uh, gruff about it from like, say other naturalists 
because it, it mm-hmm. tends to be viewed as kind of silly and like, why are you doing this? And I, I viewed it that way for quite a while. You know, when I first started at Soul Fork, I was like, man, I uh, went to college to teach people about snakes and birds and stuff. And now I'm spending 75% of my time listening to people joke about Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Uh, asking <laughs> like the first thing. I always kind of joke, I have like an automated response by August in the nature center, you know, by, by August, I'm kind of on autopilot and it's welcome to Salt Fork. I don't know why the parking lot's so far away. There's Bigfoot. No, I haven't seen him. Restrooms are either side of the building. Thanks. Come again. You know what I mean? Uh, cause I've got a Bigfoot mural on the wall, you know? And, uh, and, it, and it's, you know, when I, uh, when I, um, talk to people about it, when I first started, it was, uh, you know, it was a little frustrating because I'm like, man, I got all this cool stuff that I want to just share with people. You know, I'm going to scream about cool bugs in the creek. You know, a halgramite's the coolest thing in the world. It, you know, it looks like a graboid from Trimmers. I'm like, I, people don't know they exist. And I'm like, I, I want to tell people about this. And all anybody wants to talk about is Bigfoot. And it was frustrating at first, you know. Um, and then there was kind of a turn. Uh, I, t- I talked to a lot of people. And um, I think I've mentioned this on the videos. Uh, but I, I talked to kind of three different demographics of people. The first and largest demographic is, and I, I hate to say this, but it's boring people whose Bigfoot, who Bigfoot is their identity and, and they're good at telling stories. And I don't know how truthful they are. You know, that that's, that's right. a big demographic. And I, I don't think I'm saying anything earth shattering. I think anybody that's even put a toe into this <laughs> world knows that it's rife with, you know, the storyteller, you know? Um, and then there's, there, there's a smaller demographic of people who, who clearly had a psychotic episode, you know what I mean? Um, and then there, the demographic that I'm always most interested in, the demographic that kind of turned the way that I approached this subject was the demographic, it was the, the folks who have no skin in the Bigfoot game. Um, the folks who have nothing to gain, you know, they saw something that altered their point of view you know, uh, you know, it's kind of that stereotypical, I've been hunting for 40 years and I'm never setting foot back in those woods again. You know, that, that, yeah, that, yeah. that fascinated me, you know, like, what do you have? Like, what do you, do you, do you it's, can we really say with certainty that it was an upright bear that they saw? You know what I mean? Uh, if right. it's, if it was enough to freak them out that way, you know? And, uh, so that kind of changed how I approached it. Uh, before when I was doing the Bigfoot hikes before I would kind of, uh, and my friend Dave jokes, he said, you know, I didn't like John before, uh, because I would, I would sort of like, uh, say I'm here to keep you safe and I'll do some owl calls and try to, we'll try to call some owls in and, uh, otherwise Bigfoot stuff, please direct it to the Bigfoot research, you know, like people, um, I'm just here as the naturalist, you know, <laughs> like, and, uh, and it kind of turned, I, I became much more of an active participant and started going to the conferences and listening to the podcasts and reading more about it and, uh, really digging into some of the, the hardcore stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it became, oh, I became a lot less dismissive of the whole subject. So, uh, and again, I said it was multifaceted, you know, I get people in the park, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, and I know you're, you're out of Michigan, uh, up there, but you know, it's interesting in a park. If OSU, if the Buckeyes are playing, that affects my attendance to a nature program. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, like, unless I'm doing a Bigfoot hike, if I do a Bigfoot hike, people will TiVo there 
their Buckeye game. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they'll record the Buckeye game, you know? Yeah. Um, so it gets people in the park, gets people outside. I can also shoehorn an awful lot of dialogue about conservation and wildlife and biology and science into a program about Bigfoot, you know, um, because it, it handles all of those things. And I can also sure. reach people who maybe wouldn't care about any of that under normal circumstances. You know, if I got the person who mm-hmm. doesn't think about public land use and doesn't think about conservation, you know, on a normal basis, doesn't vote for public land use, doesn't vote for conservation, that sort of thing. And he comes out and does a Bigfoot program and starts thinking about conservation because of Bigfoot, you know, or if I've got a, That's a you know, yeah. yeah. And if I've got, a, I'm going to need replaced someday. You know what I mean? Like one day there's going to be another naturalist at Salt Fork. If I inspire a kid to go ahead and go to college to get a natural, you know, natural resources degree or a biology degree because he wants to go hunt Bigfoot as a living, you know, he wants to be the naturalist of Salt Fork so he can go out and, you know, go on Bigfoot hikes. Well, so, so yeah. be it. That's a win. We got somebody who cares sure. about the environment. We got somebody that, and, for the most part, hands down, the Bigfoot researchers that I deal with all care about the environment. They all care about wildlife. A lot of them, uh, and I don't, I don't know about Michigan, but I know Ohio has a program called the Ohio Certified Volunteer Naturalists, which are uh, it's ran through our uh, our extension offices, um, and it's you go through. I think it's a forty hour course, and you you're you know kind of certified to. You, you learn about my macro invertebrates and birds and everything else. And, you know, um, a lot of the Bigfoot researchers went through the Ohio certified volunteer naturalist program after they became Bigfoot researchers, you know, it wasn't a, really? yeah, because they, they wanted to learn more about, you know, all of the critters that a potential undiscovered hominid could be sharing the you know world with. And they wanted to learn about habitat and they wanted to learn about conservation, you know? So, uh, needless to say, the whole the whole subject is multifaceted and really beneficial for everyone. I think. Um, I mean, you know, you always get the negative Nancy. You know what I mean? You always get that one one bad apple. But uh, overwhelmingly, the response is always great. The response is always positive, and I think it helps everybody. You know, we I, we bring a lot of people into the park, uh, and then we get people talking and thinking about this. I mean, and I've always said. If nothing else, if we find out it doesn't exist, you know, it, it's a very cool thought experiment regardless, you know? Um, sure. Like, so it gets people like exercising their critical thinking muscles, which I think we all need to, you know, our critical thinking muscles have gotten a little atrophied, you know, <laughs> like now, now, nowadays more than um, ever. We so, you know, those exercises. Yeah. So, you know, like exercising critical thinking and all of that, you know, uh, your observation skills, just, just nature observation. You know, I, I've, I admire of all of the sort of the old guard of Bigfoot researchers, uh, Rene DeHendon, you know, he would go set on a tree stump for 16 hours just with yeah. a pair of binoculars, you know, like the stuff other than Bigfoot that he might've seen, you know, like 16 sure. hours. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> you know, um, so, uh, so it's, you know, it is multifaceted. So that's kind of how we approach the, uh, the Bigfoot hikes and why we do the Bigfoot hikes. Um, I, it really started, well, I, so I, I had worked, I started at Salt Fork in 2012 and transferred to another park in 2013. 
and then transferred back later on in 2016. And um, 2000, the summer of 2013, I did a one-off Bigfoot hike in the summer. It was in the middle of summer and it was during the day. Um, you know, I did a one-off program. And I, I, I had a good attendance. I mean, it was about like 75 people, which is good attendance for a middle of the day, you know, program. Um, and it was kind of a one-off thing. You know, we host the conference, the, the park hosts, the, the uh, OBC, which I think, I think still holds the title as the biggest conference east of the Mississippi, but I could be, could be wrong now. I, I believe, I believe you're um, right. I think it does. Uh, but the, uh, you know, we host the conference and everything, but you know, I did this one-off program and then, uh, the naturalist that kind of was in the interim between 2012 or 2013, 2016, she, uh, uh kind of built a relationship with the Bigfoot researchers. And I think it was kind of a, a um, you know, two-sided coin there. I think they built a relationship with her also. Like they wanted to become more involved with park activities and stuff. I think that was part of it. Um, and she sort of farmed it out to them, you know, mm-hmm. um, instead of doing, cause I, I didn't have any, I didn't ask for any help with the Bigfoot researchers when I did it. You know what I mean? I just did this one-off program, which wasn't very good. I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it. Looking back, you know, we've got a much better structure now. Um, but uh, that's kind of where the, the hike in its current format came from and how our relationship with the Bigfoot researchers sort of came to be. Um, and, we, uh, you know, so that really it wasn't a huge leap for us to do, um, the webinars, you know, uh, I know we've talked, uh, like it's, Oh, you know, how does the ODNR let you talk about it? Well, I mean, like they were letting Punderson talk about ghosts, you know what I mean? It's not a Bigfoot's not a huge leap. Um, I mean, sure. and, and if you watch the videos, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying anything earth shatter. I'm not saying anything you couldn't look up. You know what I mean? Um, there's nothing in the videos because again, that's not my job. My job is an, is an interpreter. That's actually an interpretation is in not, not in language, you know, but interpretation is in like an interpretive, uh, guide. My, my job is to interpret, you know, aspects of nature. And, uh, and, you know, so there are things that, you know, basically everything that I do a hike on, it's all work you could look up and do, you know, there's probably an app for it, but, uh, yeah, people, I, people but, don't, you know, <laughs> so that's right. And you know, some do and some don't. And, but, right. but I think the, uh, the, the really, um, the glaring difference is that, you know, the DNR's name is on this. Right. And right. I, and I and, think that's what strikes, uh, yeah. You know, it, it strikes a chord with people. It's like, oh, right. oh, wait, yeah. a, wait a minute now. Yeah, and it's and it has, uh, you know, it has. And uh, it, but again, nothing I said was like earth shattering, you know. Um, and I, I really did try to keep it sort of based on here's the available evidence, here's the things that are interesting for the area, you know, of interest for the area on the subject. Um, and I, I agree, you know, it is. You know, I don't know that this would have happened in, say, 1999. You know right, what I mean? Right. I don't know that they, like, uh, I don't know that it was taken, uh, or that it had even enough public interest, you know? You know um, and I know we, we, we talked in a previous conversation before we recorded, um, and, and you alluded to the fact that, you know, the, the DNR is being very smart about this because 
it is a, um, and I don't mean to, uh, when I say the word money grab, I don't mean to make it sound like it's a, Oh no. It's yeah. A we like shame. I say we shamelessly exploit it. We do. <laughs> you know, Cause that we do, you know, you can go get a Bigfoot plushie or a, a hoodie. We just got really cool hoodies. It's all pork that have Bigfoot on them. You know, you can, you can, uh, but I think you know, the, you, the difference between what you guys have there down at Salt Fork is you have a consistent amount of legitimate people having reports. Yeah, and we and it and it differs from one person every thirty years seeing something at Loch Ness, thinking that it popped its head out of the water. Right. Yeah. So, you know, they can sell plushies of Loch Ness over, of right. Nessie over at Loch right. Ness, no, the, but, but you, yeah, you, you have a situation there that is, is a little more, um, a little more consistent. It is more consistent. And, you know, uh, again, you can go on a tour of Loch Ness that is, you know, whatever cryptid, cryptid based tour of Loch Ness, but, you know, they've got no sightings to point to you know, except for one that's 30 years old or right. 15 years, you know what I mean? Uh, we, I, we usually keep an updated list. Like I try to keep a relationship with the Bigfoot folks and we sort of keep an updated list, you know, mm-hmm. and we're actually working one of our winter projects. I've talked to our, you know, researchers, one of our winter projects is we're going to put together a, you know, a thing. If somebody has some sort of sighting and they come to the camp store and talk to someone who, you know, I mean, really what happens now, now that the YouTube videos have been out and things, what happens now is basically they give them my number and then I give them a researcher's number, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm not part of the BFRO. I'm not a, I'm not an investigator, you know, I'm not, the, I, I, I can write it down on my little notepad in my breast pocket, you know, but um, it doesn't go into any sort of. Does the park itself, does it keep track of, uh, of people's reports? Uh, no, the park doesn't as far as like, there's not a, file in anybody's filing cabinet. Uh, I have, I, I, uh, well, there's a map that our local group, they, uh, they, they superimposed recent sightings onto a map. So folks who are out doing research, you know, if they stop in, uh, but really what happens now is if somebody stops, you know, an officer or if somebody stops, you know, if by the camp store or by the park office and says, Hey, I had this, I had this sighting. What happens usually is they put them in contact with me, or, uh, or they, they put them in contact with a, a local researcher. Um, like I said, the, the Sospi group, um, sometimes it gets funneled over there. Sometimes usually if they talk to me, I'll put them in contact with a couple of researchers that help with the hikes. Um, just folks that I know really well. Um, and that I, you know, I trust to take these people seriously and everything. So we don't keep track of anything. I mean, I've got, I, I, I put up a map down at the nature center at Salt Fork uh, with a, you know, I've got a jar of push pins there and um, a notebook, sort of a visitor log kind of notebook. And, uh, and the map is, I've got a, you know, I've got a, an accompanying sign with it saying, you know, if you've had an experience, um, you know, put your pin in the map, write your story down in the, in the book and, and, you know, chat with the naturalist about it. Um, and that's kind of a way, I get a lot of interesting stories that way. I, it's sort of impossible for me to vet every person that comes into the nature center, you know? Mm, sure. So I get, I get some interesting stories that way and it's nice display. So I keep track of that. 
And then I, I kind of personally keep track of things. You know, I've got a little notebook that I'll jot down what people have told me in the, in the back room. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll, in the back room, I've got a little notebook that I keep track of this stuff. But again, I, I'm not involved with any sort of database like B, the BFRO has. So usually I kind of kick it over to a researcher who's involved in that sort of thing to kind of keep track of all that. So we don't, we don't keep any, any record of that. And there's also, there's like good reason for that. Cause it can, you can really get lost in the weeds with that sort of stuff sure, too. Yeah. You know, uh, again, but it's, it's I mean, nice to hear that you have somewhat of a chain of custody. Uh, yeah, we try, you're, I try actually, to, you're putting people in touch with people that can actually, uh, do something with this information. And I, I mean, I try to approach this like I approach anything else. Like first and foremost, I mean, all right. I, I love playing with snakes. I love going out and watching birds and I love the Bigfoot thing. But, you know, my job, first and foremost, is a customer service job. And the folks who have a story to tell, they're still customers. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, if I can make them, if I can respect them and make them feel comfortable, you know, uh, then I'm still I'm doing my job. My core job is a customer service job, you know. And I, that's kind of how I view it is I, gotta, I have to maintain respect and integrity with every visitor, you know. And that's kind of how we approach this. And I think, you know, that sums up a big part of our relationship with the Bigfoot folks is we, we, you know, we have relationships with the Guernsey County Horsemen's Association. We have relationships with, you know, all manner of, you know, different groups and the Bigfoot group, we try to maintain that integrity and that respect. And, uh, you know, the Bigfoot groups that come through and, you know, so I, I I rarely ever dismiss now, like I mentioned before, I do get folks who, are spinning a yarn, you know, and they're like, okay, I'll take note. But I mean, I'm no expert, but I can usually smell it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, if they're spinning a yarn, I might not pass that one on to, you know, a researcher, but you know, if I got somebody that comes in and says, I, I got a real hard time talking about this, you know, I saw this thing, you know, two years ago we were out hiking and, you know, that's, well, you know, that's an interesting story. I'm going to pass that along. If I get their permission, permission, of course, I never, I never, ever like, if somebody confides, which, which almost never happens, I, I never get anybody that's like, oh, you know, I, I, I trust you and only you, you know. Um, um, and that's been my experience with some of the people that I've talked to that have had experiences. Yeah. They want to be able to talk about it. Yeah. They, they want to be able to get it off their chest. And right. more times than not, the question will be posed to me, hey, can you put me in touch with somebody that can help me? Um, right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's... uh you know, that's usually kind of how I, you know, how I try to approach, approach this when somebody comes in. I mean, I don't keep any, I don't keep any, uh, like I said, I don't keep any file. There's no file anywhere. And there is, there's a lot of, there's also just a lot of stuff that has no basis in reality. Uh, there's a pretty well-known, well-known sort of local, local story about salt pork. And I, you know, I have found zero evidence that it ever actually happened, but it's a, it's a darn good urban legend, you know? Uh, and I hear it repeated quite often. I hear this story, uh, back in the eighties, we came out to the park and there was one of the loops in the campgrounds was closed. And there were two officers standing there saying there's, there's, you know, uh, stuff happening back there and we're not letting people, not letting people go back. It's closed right now because of this, you know, some people saw this animal, you know, the Bigfoot, uh, back there and we're not letting, I found zero evidence that and I've talked to people who, you know, retired officers who 
are pretty vocal about their time at Salt Fork and have no reason not to tell the truth about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I found zero evidence that it ever happened. I think that, that, you know, every one of those urban legends has a little grain of truth. Sure. And uh, if you look at our campgrounds at Salt Fork, it goes A-C-E-F-G. Um, and because of the layout of the campgrounds, uh, B loop and D loop were never, ever constructed because of, uh, well, you know, really because of the geology and all kinds of reasons. Um, and I think that is the grain of truth was that we're missing two loops in our, you know, uh, yeah. um, and, uh, and honestly, the number of people that told me they were here for it, the line of cars trying to get into that one loop in the campground must've been two miles long. If every one of those people is telling the truth, yeah. you know what I mean? Because, uh, and I keep hearing it, it gets recycled every couple of years. I'll hear, yeah, yeah, you know, back in the 80s, I remember it was in the paper. Well, it was never, it was never in the paper. I've looked it up, you know. Yeah. I've gone through like the microfiche, you know. Uh, I've never, there's, I've gone through the whole, you know, <laughs> the whole decade and I couldn't find a single mention of, you know, this. And I, I, I've tried to find where this story came from. I, I think it never happened. That's just my personal opinion. I think it. I think it was one of those things where it got, you know, it was a story that got told one time, and man, it took hold. Uh, we we've got, and there are other examples of that in Ohio. We've got, you know, you, you Google sometimes Google, you know, rattlesnakes out of helicopters. That never ever happened. Like <laughs> never happened. But man, every scout leader in Southeast Ohio will tell their kids now. Watch out! The ODNR released rattlesnakes out of helicopter. Dropped rattlesnakes out of helicopters. Control the turkey population. What? <laughs> That sounds crazy, right? I mean, you know, but every every scoutmaster and day camp leader in southeast Ohio will tell their kids that, you know, it never happened. Uh, you know, it would make way more sense for them to pay a guy like me to go out and do it. You know what I mean? Right. On a four-wheeler instead of out of helicopters, like you're dropping snakes out of helicopters. You know, like it never happened. What are, what are the chances of, of, of a rattlesnake surviving a drop oh, out of a helicopter? Depending on which story you hear, sometimes they had little parachutes or balloons. Oh, nice. So, yeah, right. So they yeah, were well-equipped. <laughs> right. Sounds crazy when you say it out loud, right? <laughs> so, you know, I think it's kind of one of those things. It's like a fun story, and, man, it took hold. But as far as I know, never had anything like that happen, you know. And, uh, I mean – you know, we had a public records request last summer. Uh, someone who watched the uh, watched the YouTube videos did a uh, did a public records request for uh, you know anything regarding Bigfoot that we had, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, turns out everything regarding Bigfoot that we had were like my emails saying like Bigfoot hike got canceled because of thunderstorms. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And and like that was what we had. I ended up emailing my presentations you know, for the, like the webinars, the yeah. slideshows that I used for the web. Cause there's not, there's nothing, you know, um, what we had is what we've got at Salt Fork, you know? Um, so, and I, again, part of the reason for that is cause everything gets kicked, kind of gets kicked over to a researcher, you know, elsewhere. But, um, I mean, one of the, I think I started to say one of our winter projects, uh, that I'm working on with our, with one of our researchers is we're going to try to get like a, uh, you know, like a questionnaire together that if somebody does stop into the, uh, to the camp store or park office and says, Hey, I had this, I had this, you know, thing they can, they can fill out with all their contact information and all the pertinence and stuff. And I can then forward something, you know, some like a hard copy of something to a 
researcher. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I can say, well, here, here's all the pertinent information about this person. So it doesn't turn into some sort of grapevine effect. Sure. That's a good idea. Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of, you know, one thing that the researchers kind of want to see done is because it does, it, it, get, it can get sticky, you know, where it's like, well, hey, this person, they sent this and they told me, you know, they're only here for a couple of days and they're not really interested in email, you know, you know, so believe it or not, there are still people out there who use flip phones, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. so, <laughs> you know, this person said they don't have an email or a Facebook and this is the only way to contact them and they're only in their house on a certain day. You know what I mean? So if you have some sort of fact sheet that I can give, you know, the researchers, so we're, we're working on something like that. Um, and you know, the dialogue with the researchers is, is pretty valuable. Like we, uh, we, we have a good relationship at the park and you know, it works for us. And it also, um, you know, it, it validates some of the work that they're doing, sure. you know, um, and you know, they, they, they are very respectful of that fact. Like they, they completely understand like, well, you letting us do this, you know, and you accommodating us, that's giving us a uh, validation that maybe we don't get very often, right. you know, sure, that's gotta um, be huge. Yeah. So they're always very appreciative. Um, like I said, the very, very, very few negative, uh, encounters with, um, the Bigfoot researchers, um, a lot of them are very appreciative. Uh, no. I mean, of course there's, there's all the crazy infighting within the Bigfoot community. Yeah. That's, uh, um, but <laughs> that's a whole nother, wow. whole nother thing. Um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, from our, from our perspective, I used to say from an outside perspective, but I'm like, I, I You're think inside. it is, a fi- <laughs> it's officially, I'm no longer an outsider. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, the, uh, but, you know, I still have kind of a foot in, in my, you know, in the, in the old world, you know, my day job. Um, so, you know, from my point of view, and I try to, I try to be respectful of all of our groups, like some of the groups, you know, they're fighting amongst each other. And I try not to, I try not to get involved in any of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the, uh, it, it, it's a, it is a fascinating and valuable thing, I think for the park and, uh, and for the, public honestly well um, you know you you brought up the uh obc earlier the mm-hmm. ohio bigfoot conference being one of the largest if not the largest uh this side of the mississippi and that's held yearly at the lodge and that lodge is right on the the property of salt for correct mm-hmm. yeah do you guys yep. um do you guys have a presence there i mean i i've gone to it staff goes to it you know uh we don't have a table there Mm -hmm. um you know but the the lodge it's the lodge is it's while the lodge is a separate business you know um it is also it is also like thoroughly part of the park which is kind of a it's kind of a different setup ohio ohio's lodge system is different than some other states uh lodges where the lodge is is really more of a hotel. If you don't want to think you're in a state park while you're staying at the lodge, you, you, you can do that. Yeah. And at, at Salt Fork, or really at any of the lodges in Ohio, uh, that's not really possible. Like, you know, you're at the state park, you know, like, you know, you're at a park and, sure. and you know, the park is involved with lodge activities and vice versa, you know? Um, well, I'm, so, I'm really excited. Uh, this, 
the next one coming up in April. Uh, yeah, it'll be nice to meet you. Maybe we can do it. Maybe we can do a follow up. Yeah, that's what I was uh, going to suggest. I think that would be uh, nice. It, it'll, it'll be nice to meet you. I'm I'm usually usually there. Uh, the uh, yeah, the Bigfoot conference kind of a big deal, you know, yeah. at the park. Yeah, um, it is this year. I mean, this year was uh, was and I don't, I don't know that they were allowed to do full capacity yet. And it still seemed really busy. Um, and I mean, this was the first year I think they'd had food trucks. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, it was a, it was a really big deal this year. Um, but, and it, I mean, with that, I also, I got invited to go down to the Smoky Mountain Conference this past summer. Oh, nice. Um, and that was, that was a lot of fun. You know, it was nice to see uh, the, the OBC is a three day long conference and the Smoky Mountain Conference was a, a, a single day, <clears throat> a single day event. And, uh, you know, it was kind of nice to see the difference. Um, and, and it was, uh, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. I got to hang out with another podcaster friend of mine, uh, down there and, and check out some of the, check out some of how they do Bigfoot in other States, you know, (laughs) it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of a fun, fun experience. But again, you know, to me, I mean, I do certain programs that solve work that I know work, you know, uh, I do a canoe excursion every Saturday through the summer and it's free. You just got to pre-register for it and it fills up, you know, cause people, uh, people have one of two opinions about canoeing. They've either, or, you know, one, one, they feel one of two ways. They either have never done it and they're interested in doing it or they hated it because they had one bad experience Right. and you know what I mean? And their family talked them into doing it this time. So I do a free canoe excursion. Uh, it's, short. It's not four hours long. It's not on a river. It's all flat water. And you know, it fills up. People enjoy it. I do, uh, I do a hike to, we've got a cave, uh, and it's an easy hike. It's a popular site. It's a beautiful cave with a waterfall. Uh, that one always attended, you know, rain or shine, it's well attended. Um, but man, if I do, if I do like anything really too creative, if I go like, Oh, you know, we're going to, go whatever way. I mean, I, if I do a tree ID hike, really, um, I don't get many people who are that interested, like on vacation about learning how to identify trees. You right, know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think naturalists where we're susceptible to falling into that trap where it's like, well, I'm passionate about this. So everyone must be passionate sure. about this. You know, well, you work at a park where people are on vacation. Maybe not everyone wants to learn about trees, you know? Um, you and do a school and that's group. very understandable. It is understandable. You do a school group or a scout group where you get a captive audience. Hey, teach them trees. You yeah. know, uh, that's fine. But with, uh, you know, at the park with the public programs that I do on a weekly basis, though, they're things that I know work. And, uh, and the Bigfoot thing is, you know, it is the most successful of those. And, and, you know, I mean, again, customer service, you know, my, my goal is to get people out get people to appreciate nature and it's a win if I'm doing it through Bigfoot. And, and I, I recognized that early on, but also uh, I didn't have the appreciation of it that I have now. You know, I recognized this is a nest, this is a necessity because it draws the numbers. You know mm-hmm. um, when I first started, that's, I, that was purely it. Well, people come out for it, you know? Uh, so I'm going to do it. got to do it, you know? And now it's a lot different. I mean, it's a whole lot different um, because it's, it's just, I have, I have a new appreciation for it. And, you know, people, 
it's a universally recognizable thing. Bigfoot is universally recognizable. I mean, if I have a group of a dozen people and I say, hey, draw me a bear, you know, well, maybe two of those people went to Gatlinburg and saw a bear, you know what I mean, walking down the street or something, you know what I mean, actually saw a bear in person. Yeah. I'll get I'll get two people who can draw a bear and they know what they look like in person and then I'll get 10 people who I, I'll get 12 different bears, you know, <laughs> I'll get cartoon bears. I'll get scary bears. If I say to 12 people, Hey, draw me a Bigfoot. I will most likely get 12 patties, you know, yeah. I'll get 12 walking Bigfoots kind of looking over their shoulder, you know, because it is a universe. I think, you know, it is part of, and I think we talked about this, you know, the Mothman, you might get some people in like the Midwest who are like real into Mothman. They know Mothman. And I think it's growing, you know, uh, Mothman festival is a big deal, sure. you know? Um, but like the, Moth, you know, there are people who haven't heard of Mothman. No one, no one is unaware of Bigfoot, you know? Right. Um, and, well, I and think, nowadays it permeates everything. I mean, I just saw a commercial. I can't even tell you what it was for. Oh um, yeah. And, and this Bigfoot comes walking out from behind this girl. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. where the hell did that come from? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It really. And it permeate, it really does permeate everything, you know, car insurance commercials. I mean, come yeah. on, you know, it, it really does permeate everything. You know, I think the, uh, I don't know, whatever that company is that makes, you know, the, the, the horse head squirrel feeders, I think they're <laughs> outside of, I believe their, their, their numbers, their best seller is bacon like bacon band-aids and things yeah. and their number two is Bigfoot stuff, you know, yeah. that's uh, so, you know, it really does. So uh, even, I mean, it's part of the collective unconscious now, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it, everyone knows Bigfoot and uh, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a, uh, you know, uh, I think it's a good thing. Um, and uh, you know, I also have fun with it. I mean, I, uh, I used to be a part of a lot of, birding groups and a lot of nature groups and stuff. And man, it's really easy to take yourself too seriously. And that, you know, like you get really wrapped up and just yeah, saving I, face. I get, I get that. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, this, I, I know we mentioned in a, in a conversation before we recorded, when you first contacted me, I said, sometimes this is like a comfort food for me, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I live in rural Ohio. I, I mentioned snakes because I, I'm a snake guy. My background's in reptiles and amphibians, not Bigfoot originally, you know, backgrounds in reptiles and amphibians I'm, I'm a snake guy you know i wanted to be steve Irwin, but that gig was already taken you know uh that's why i that's why i do this um <laughs> and you know in in rural southeast ohio trying to tell somebody no not every you know not the the only good snake isn't a dead snake okay right you know and not everything is a copperhead uh trying to tell people that because what you fall into is like well, no, Papa said, you know, you smell cucumbers. That's a copperhead. So you call my Papa a liar. Well, no, your Papa was wrong. He's not a liar. You know, he's just wrong. He's just misinformed. Um, yeah. And, but you know, it's a lost cause. No, Papa said that's copperhead. That's copperhead. You know, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle just to get people to appreciate, you know, normal things. So sometimes, uh, the Bigfoot thing for me, you know, it, it turns into almost a comfort food, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I'm like, man, this is, this is so nice. Every look at everybody's out here appreciating this. They're out here excited, enthusiastic, you know, I, I, this is, this is fantastic, you know? Um, so I, uh, I really have a new appreciation for the whole thing. I mean, the last couple of years, it's just been, you know, it's been great. It's been overwhelmingly positive, 
That's so, great. yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I guess this is kind of a two part question. Um, first I'm curious as to the, uh, your higher ups, uh, okay. you know, how, how is all this perceived by them? Is this, is this just business day to day business or is there, is there some segment of, um, I don't want to use the word concern, but, um, acknowledgement that, you know, not all these people are telling stories. Uh, well, I mean, okay. If there is, I haven't seen it, you know, uh, it, for the most part it's business. I mean, it, it, to the point of like when I, when I'm talking with, you know, people, I mean, I, you know, I, they joke with me about the Bigfoot thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, this is, this is our, this is our Bigfoot expert right here. You know, uh, they, they joke with me about it. So yeah, I think, I think a big aspect of it is like, well, that's the, that's Saltfork's bit, you know, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the moneymaker for Saltfork, you know, which is not the way I approach it, you know, um, that's not the way I approach it. I mean, I said that we exploit it, but you know, I, like I said, I appreciate it, but yeah, I mean, if there, if there's some like, you know, if they're, if they're thinking anything like that, I haven't outwardly seen it because uh, it's like I said I was asked to do this around Halloween and it just it was so viewed yeah uh, I think I think the big thing is like a park having the having a park message out there you know what I mean like come out and enjoy Ohio State Parks even if we have Bigfoot you know <laughs> if that if that's the you know I think that's kind of the where I, I haven't run into anything where it's like you know they're they're uh you know, I, as far as I know, Bigfoot's not going to be a protected species in Ohio. You know what I mean? Like no one's right. ever, uh, you know, and again, it's just, oh, well, there's that salt for Bigfoot stuff, you know, that's the, that's well, the kind and, of. And I think it, it, it does say something that you are allowed to um, siphon off information of reports to credible researchers. That, yeah. that they're not standing in the way of that. I think, yeah, I mean, I think says a lot without saying anything. Yeah. Right. And again, I don't, you know, I don't know to what ends. I mean, I, I don't know our, our park system, I think, and I'm biased. Okay. You know, I am biased cause I, but our park system in Ohio, I think is, is one of the best park systems. I mean, the way we're set up, mm -hmm. you know, and I think the way that we we've been managed and the way that we've been ran since the inception of Ohio state parks has been just, you know, top notch compared to other, other States. I mean, I went, I went to a conference a few years ago in Kentucky and like talking to people who work for other state parks in other States, uh, their, their minds just blown, like just how, you know, good of a gig we have here in Ohio, you know? <laughs> um, and you know, and also that we're, you know, we're free. Like you can come to, you can come camp at a park. I mean, you can't camp for free. But, you know, you can come to a park without having to pay an entry fee into the park, yeah. you know, which isn't the case for a lot of states. No, definitely um, not. And, uh, and, you know, it's so I don't, I, you know, I don't know that, I mean, I don't know. You could really get lost in the weeds with that sort of stuff. And uh, I really think that this is, you know, oh, it's that, like I said before, oh, it's that kooky salt work Bigfoot stuff. I think mm -hmm. that's as far as it goes. You know what I mean? Um have you ever, I mean, have you ever had uh, an opportunity to have a conversation with a, a representative or a naturalist, you know, somebody that would be a peer to you um, from any other states that 
uh, are as open to the subject as, as what you guys are? Oh, no, I have not, but I would really love to. You know, I, I mean, I, have, I, I guess I wonder, no, yeah. you know, like if you're talking about Oregon or, or Washington, right, you yeah. know, do they, I'm not asking you, I guess it's just a rhetorical question, is like, do they, do they take the same kind of stance as you, as, you know, is this being a, a, a subject that, you know, when, when it's in every aspect of our life, let's, let's not ignore it. Let's just, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I would, I would love to though. I would love to talk to, you know, I would love to talk to someone that's in like, you know, a similar boat, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it would be, and someone, as someone who maybe started out not as a, as a Bigfoot person, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, someone who didn't start out doing that, you know, someone who was a, a bird person who just got sucked into the Bigfoot stuff. Right. You know, I would, I would really love to um, talk to that. And that's, that is one of the, just like with the naturalist thing, you know, that, that is one of the dangers of the Bigfoot community is you tend to be surrounded by Bigfoot people, you know, and that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, I would love to, I would love to talk to somebody that was in, you know, their said, heck, I'd probably interview them and do a webinar with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, a great like, idea. Cause that would, you know, that would be a lot of fun. Cause it is an interesting thing. Sure. Um, I mean, it's interesting, you know, I, this, this is, it permeates all the way down to like my kids and stuff like Bigfoot's a thing in my household now, mm -hmm. you know, when we see a piece of art that we like that has Bigfoot in it, we buy it. So our, yeah. our walls are populated with, you know, Bigfoot stuff. And I've got uh, my father's day gift this year was a Bigfoot statue. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> that was like, so, um, it's, uh, you well, know, it, it's, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because that's the one thing I've found, even though the, the Bigfoot community in large, it can be a very divisive group of people when it comes to, uh, their beliefs and, and their, uh, their evidence uh, versus what you think. And, you know, just like we were talking earlier in the show, but the one thing that I can say is with having done this show and, you know, probably a good 50%, if not maybe a little bit more of my shows have been Bigfoot related in one way, shape or form, uh, whether I'm talking to a researcher or an experiencer or, or someone like yourself, the relationships that I've been able to maintain with these people over this subject is, is to me is amazing. Oh yeah. Everybody is, is friendly. They're accommodating. Oh, I've got, yeah. I've got people I that mean, I've interviewed, you know, asking me to come down to their property and, you know, spend the night out on their property. And, you oh, know, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 the amount of free plates of bacon that I have consumed, <laughs> do you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. This is the, uh, and cups of coffee, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah, the, uh, it, it, totally, uh, warmer, more like welcoming, community again barring the infighting amongst themselves like right. a, a, you know which a is really bad <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's something uh but the uh you know the the bigfoot conference that we mentioned you know that i mentioned here in ohio the obc mm -hmm. uh you know you get researchers but you also get families who found out about it and they watched harry and the henderson's Right. And they're like, this would be fun for the kids. We'll, we'll go get them a Bigfoot t-shirt and yeah, this will be fun. Well, then all of a sudden they're like, wow, that that was crazy good, you know. <laughs> well, we're going to come next year because this was like – and that, like we talked to people who 
were not and have never had a Bigfoot experience, but they're like, nope, we come to the conference every year because uh, it's what our family does. You know, yeah. it's our it's our family tradition now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and no one holds that against them that they're not out, you know, they're not out every weekend banging on trees and stuff. They're just, that's their family. No one holds that against them. They're welcomed into the, you know, welcomed into the community. It's a, it's a great thing. I mean, I talked to, I, uh, this year, the, there were, there were actually a lot of kids at the conference this year, which is great. You know, yeah. like I said, like I said, if you're, if you're getting out, I mean, you know, I try to promote, uh, I try to promote outdoor activities, you know, boating, recreation, birding, hunting, fishing. You know, we try to do things. I mean, I do a fishing program every Friday at the park uh, through the summer, Mm -hmm. you know, just try to promote young, young anglers, you know. Uh, Well, this is no different than that. Like if you're, if you're interested in Bigfoot and you're spending time outside, well, you're going to appreciate all of the stuff that goes with it, you know. And, uh, and. Well, and it's such a good way to, to just get away from the daily grind even if you're oh, really you know, if, even so if you're a 12 yeah. year old that's trying to get away from the the grind of school or you're a, a young adult or you know getting away from the the college grind or you're an adult getting away from the you know right. the, the gritty no, downtown city you can put your phone down you can you can spend an hour without having to look at facebook or instagram or you know find out how well your last post is doing right and uh, you know get get a little more grounded, a little more back in touch with. Oh, uh, heck yeah. 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 It's uh, it's really, you know, it really is. Um, it really is something like it. I, I always use the word, the Bigfoot phenomena. And I think I use, you know, it's got more meanings than just people are seeing something large and hairy out in the woods. You know, the phenomena is, is means a lot of different things. You know? <laughs> Cause it's, um, it's a, uh, it's a really, really interesting, really fascinating thing. Um, and singular, you know, uh, I think it's different than, you know, say the paranormal community or the UFO community, you know, it's, it's, it's really different, you know, um, it's, a it's its own world. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like it. It's really, like I said, I've been, I've been pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much in it now, chest deep, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, and you can really yeah. tell by just with talking with you that, you know, there's, there's a passion. You, you sound excited about what you're doing. Yeah, it is exciting. And I mean, it is exciting. It's, uh, you know, I've got, well, I mean, I know this is an audio podcast, but I've got this big, this big red mustache. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I can't like, I can't shave it now because I have people that come to the park who go, Hey, Hey you. And they'll hold their <laughs> finger up under their nose and they'll be like, Hey you, we saw you on YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well now the the mustache is like part of the legend. I can't, you know, I can't get rid of it, you know? Um, so it's like, uh, you know, so it is like, it is, it's, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I've talked to people who like came to the park because they saw my ugly mug on YouTube. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's so it's, like that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm, it's not part of my ego so much as it is like, wow, that's exciting. I got to, I got these people out to the park, yeah. you know, uh, that excites me. It is, it is something that I'm excited about. I, you know, I got people outside, I got people who are talking about this and also the big, like, you know, it's pretty cool to go to a conference and, and people want to talk to me, you know what I mean? It's not me like talking to research, like people, you know, the conference, like, folks want to come up and they see that, you know, my naturalist uniform and they come yeah. Oh, Hey, Hey, come over, you know, come over here, talk. And like, 
it was it was great actually the the podcaster that i mentioned um i, I hung out with him at the uh Smoky Mountain Conference. I mean, he, the way we got in contact, he was the public records request that we had. It was, he, he's the one that submitted the public records request. I oh, called really? him up. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, I, I called him up. Now we're like buds, you yeah. know? Um, and like he, I'm friends with the guys that he does, you know, his podcast with. And it's, yeah. it's been great. I did, uh, yeah, the same thing with another, there was another podcast that actually came to the park to interview me. Um, similar situation to this you know they were just interested wow hey these videos are out can we talk to you and uh you know i ended up going on a hike with them it was a it was a good time you know what i mean just not even a bigfoot hike we just went out went and looked around the woods and talked and i mean i got i got three young kids you know well two young kids and then a teenager which was delightful you know (laughs) um but you know um i got i got three kids in the house like going out and having like uh you know I don't have, I just don't have the time to go out and like do things that aren't maybe kid oriented. You know what I mean? Man, it was, uh, it was refreshing to go out and just hang out with some like-minded folks out in the woods, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm heck yeah. I'm excited about it. It's something to be excited about. And it is, I mean, naturalists were nothing if not enthusiastic. I mean, the, the, the former naturalist down at Hawking Hills did just an awesome, used to do an awesome like haunted Hawking program. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't get into the ghost stuff, but I could recognize the value of that. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know that it was such a topic as like this, like you were mentioning, like, Oh, how, how are you getting away with talking about Bigfoot? You know, cause ghosts are kind of a different, yeah, that's a different, different subject altogether. Yeah. But you know, uh, and he's really passionate about that. You know, um, there's a, you know, there's a lot to be said about how, how much conviction you have when you say things and boy, you can, you know, I walk away from conversations with him thinking like, well, maybe there is something to this ghost stuff. Yeah, and then I kind of shrug it off later on, you know, <laughs> but yeah. the first five or 10 minutes after I talk to him, I'm like, Hey, I, that sounds pretty reasonable. You know, <laughs> like, Hey, so, uh, we're nothing if not enthusiastic, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, what about, I, uh, what about any personal experiences out there? Well, okay. So personal experiences, I've got, I've got two things that I no smoking gun by any means. Uh, but there are two things that I always, I always point to, uh, the first one, uh, when my wife and I were first dating, um, we were out at the wildlife area squirrel hunting. Cause that's, I mean, this is Appalachia. That's how you date. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I, so I took her out squirrel hunting. She was from Canton. So she was actually from a, a city. So I, you know, I took her out squirrel hunting. This is how we do it in the Hills. Um, <laughs> this is court and <laughs> yeah, this is court and right. And, uh, we heard this this noise um, that sounded an awful lot like the Ohio howl. Now that wasn't the first thing that my mind jumped to, you know, and this is in the wild. We got about a 5,000 acre wildlife area at Salt Fork. So uh, it's not on the park proper, but it's attached to the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, we were out there and I, we hadn't heard this howl, and I told her, um, well, you know, I was interested in squirrel hunting. Honestly, I was paying attention to the squirrels up in the hickory tree and she heard this noise, you know, we heard this noise and, uh, I'm just trying to stay quiet and, you know, um, squirrel hunt. And we get back in the car afterwards and, uh, she said, man, that was that noise. That wasn't a coyote. And I said, no, not, not a coyote. I don't know. I said that one. I can't put my finger on, you know, not now, not a coyote, nothing, nothing I know. And she's going through, she's like playing, you know, sound clips of bobcats and stuff on her, on her phone while we're back in the car, you know, driving home. 
And, uh, and I said, Hey, 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 YouTube, the Ohio, how, you know? Yeah. And she found one of the videos that are out there where they have like the, the frequency reading, you know, mm-hmm. on the screen while you, and she played it and she said, wow, that sounds off. I said, yeah, yeah. She said, well, what is that? And I said, well, <laughs> allegedly that's a, that's a Sasquatch, you know, that's uh, what Columbiana County was, you know, was, I'm like, that's a, that was a Bigfoot. And I said, oh, so much so that like the Ohio Howl is a generic term now, right, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we have that one, which again, not a smoking gun. It could have been, that's the thing about salt fork. You know, there are researchers out there all the time. I don't know that the next Ridgeline over, there wasn't a guy with a Bluetooth speaker playing the Ohio how blasting, yeah. you know, I got, I got no, no way of knowing that that's not what the case was. And then the second, I was actually doing one of the webinars in mid sentence while I was talking about another thing, I uh, got a tree knock and I mean that kind of home run, you know, yeah, uh, that sort of home run tree knock noise and, uh, got it on, uh, got it, actually got it on, uh, on video. Um, you know, the noise and I, I there's like six seconds of me just staring slack jawed into the woods, <laughs> trying to see what, you know, um, but so those are kind of my two experiences that are, that are again, no smoking gun. Um, but certainly something, uh, and I, I've, I showed, um, I showed Don Keating the video, of the tree knock. And he was, uh, he, he sort of nodded, you know, and smiled at me. And I was like, Oh man, I don't know about that one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, it made me like, um, you know, I can't, can't explain that one. So yeah, that's our, uh, that's kind of my, that kind of rounds out my total experiences out there. I mean, um, you know, what I always tell people is like, I, the inexplicable things that I deal with on a daily basis are generally, um, centered around humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the, uh, those are kind of my two big experiences out there that, uh, that Ohio howl with my, with my wife and then the, uh, the tree knock. So, yep. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to get out there this coming April. Uh, I believe it uh, starts April 30th, I think it is. Oh, does not Yeah. yeah. Huh. And uh, we're definitely going to look you up uh, while we're out there. Um, maybe even get time to uh, take a hike with you. Yeah, that, that, would, be, that would be park. great. Yeah, um, that would be awesome. I'd if, love to. If you would, for the listeners, if you could direct them to uh, information pointing to salt fork and to the, uh, the, the webinar that we've been talking about, uh, so they can find it for themselves. Yeah. So the webinar is pretty easy to find. Um, if you get on YouTube and, uh, and just, uh, enter ODNR, um, a playlist will come up or a series of playlists. Our channel will come up and, uh, there's actually, there's five videos in it and Sasquatch has its own playlist. Uh, and it, because of the algorithm on YouTube, uh, tends to be the, one of the first things that pops up because it's got a lot of views, not to toot my own horn, but it's had a ton of views. So it's one of the first things to pop up. Um, as far as salt work goes, uh, pertinent information regarding programs and things like that can be found, um, well on the Ohio state parks website, you'll just have to search for salt work. Uh, there's a little drop down tab where you can find a park and, um, and then if you like Salt Fork State Park's Facebook page, that's uh, that's just, you know, facebook.com slash or backslash 
uh, Salt Fork State Park. Um, all of our programs and many of the little little creature feature videos that I was uh, that I mentioned earlier, a lot of those are posted on there. Um, a few little little like mini podcast sort of things that I've done uh, regarding Bigfoot are actually posted on there. Um, all of the monthly monthly programs and activities and pertinent information about the park that's all on there. So that's kind of your best bet is uh, looking looking through that avenue. And if you uh, if you like Ohio State Parks um, Facebook page, when we start doing these sort of videos, this has come. We're getting to kind of the uh, quote unquote off season, even though it's been like an eighteen month long summer uh, <laughs> so far. <laughs> Uh, we're getting to the quote unquote off season. So we're going to start back up doing some virtual stuff and I'm sure we'll do some webinars through the winter. So that, that will all get posted on um, the ODNR's Facebook page, the like the ODNR main page. Any, so, plan, uh, any plans to do any further on uh, Bigfoot? I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up. It's a, uh, you know, it's um, one of those things I've actually got, I did a, I did a little interview with Dr. Meldrum um back in the spring and uh i, I really got to put it together into into a uh into a little like episode post on our facebook page because it was a great talk um with dr dr jeff meldrum and i just haven't i haven't posted it yet i've had um this summer was incredibly busy <laughs> um and so that, i've had that guy um, is uh, that guy is something else he can he can uh rattle off a, a paragraph worth of sentences that will leave your head spinning if you do not have the uh, uh, scientific acumen to to understand it. Well, but then he can that, also yeah. he can dumb it down to uh, oh yeah to make it as understandable for anybody. Oh heck yeah! You know when I talked to him, uh, I mean he knew who he was talking to. He he wasn't talking to a an academic. You know he was talking mm-hmm. to a hillbilly from Southern Ohio. <laughs> so he he definitely dumbed it down. You know what I mean? Like he he knew. He knew who he was talking to, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. He is so good, so good. Yeah, and um, he he kind of single handedly almost, or or single footedly, I guess would probably be a better way to put it. Um, just what he's done for the uh, the acceptance of this phenomenon uh, in the realms of it being a legitimate something is leaving those footprints you yeah know, and and you know you get the people with the the wood cutouts and you know the rubber feet and all that stuff right but, yeah but when when jeff finds thermal ridges and and articulation and, yep, and, mid, and mid-tarsal break yeah and you know that's that's when you start you're you're talking about something that has a real anatomy here mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I'm. I'm very anxious. Uh, I've had a couple of emails back and forth with him, and uh, yeah. I should be having him on the show here shortly. So, oh yeah, well he's he's great to talk to, uh, and it was great because he kind of started out the same that a, a lot of naturalists start out. You know, we we had a nice talk before I started recording where it was like, hey, you know, you started out flipping over logs and rocks and catching <laughs> salamanders. I started out flipping over logs and rocks and catching salamanders. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that was so it was kind of you know. Um, kind of cool. That's because that's a question you get a lot: is how'd you become a naturalist? And sure. you can say you got a degree, but that's that's a cop out. You know, if you're a naturalist worth your salt, the way you got it, you, the way you became a naturalist was climbing trees and catching frogs and toads and stuff. You know, when you were a kid, that's when you become a naturalist. <laughs> so, um, 
but yeah, the uh, well, this has been it's been great talking to you. It's I appreciate you having to me you on. Too. I, uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy and uh, getting over a cold, but uh, yeah. Oh, hey, no problem. It's it's, uh, uh, it's been a it's pleasure, been and yeah, we'll definitely be looking you up when uh, when I get to Ohio. Hopefully, that I'll sounds talk great. To you I'm looking forward then. to it. Yeah, heck yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Stay in touch, oh. and if there's any. Uh, any great stories that you come across and you want to relay them, please send some my way. Yeah, sure thing. And, uh, you know, you need, you need anything, uh, look me up. You got all my contact information. So, Will do. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, John. Ladies and gentlemen, John Hickenbottom with the Ohio DNR. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable.